From the Mecca of Mormonism, Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter, where Mormonism meets biblical Christianity face to face. Often we start the show off with a child on my lap who's in the audience, but tonight I want to introduce you to the Heart of the Matter models. Strike a pose. Oh, what a handsome couple. Look at this. And there we go. Thank you so much. Whether you're watching, of course, they're trained in television, they walk right through the camera. Whether you're watching on National NRB Network, DirecTV, Channel 378, or listening on the radio, KUTR uh, AM 820, The Truth, we welcome you. Heart of the Matter can be seen anywhere, live streaming video in the world. Just go to www.hotm.tv, and you can uh, click anywhere in the world, watch the show live, or the archive uh, programs are all there as well. Uh, we have members from Grace Fellowship Church here tonight. <laughs> Pretty good from Christ Community Church, West Covina, California. Yeah! And the girls from Ohio. <laughs> hey, why not join us in a weekly verse-by-verse -verse Bible study? Go to www.calvarycampus.com for more information about our weekly open Bible study there at the University of Utah. We go verse by verse. We just started in the book of Acts last week, first nine verses. It's a great time to fellowship with like-minded believers. Most people have a church they attend. This is a Bible study to kind of supplement your uh, Bible uh, 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 knowledge and uh, it's a also a great uh, place for people who are transitioning out of Mormonism to come and hear the Bible taught. Then while you're driving into the Bible study, why not tune into AM820 on Sunday afternoons uh, and hear rebroadcasts of Heart of the Matter there that Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. I want to tell you something. It's the absolute truth. Uh, I, that's the only station I listen to. When I'm in Utah, I only listen to AM820 The Truth because its programming is so outstanding. They have the best Bible uh, scholars teaching verse by verse. They're giving messages of the gospel. I love it. AM820 The Truth. Check it out and learn the word. Coming up Saturday, September 4th from 5 to 9 p.m., Burning Heart 2010. We've had this is our fifth one where Bountiful City Park. Special musical guest Adams Road will be here. It's going to be excellent. Open water baptisms, food, a come to Jesus message. And listen, if you want to know more about Adams Road, just go on to, I believe it's Facebook. It could be MySpace. Anyone know? Facebook. Facebook 
and type in Adams Road and you can find out their whole schedule while they're going to be here in Utah. And we'll be announcing that as you come along. It is a band you have to see. They are excellent. And finally, on Thursday, September 9th, Weber State University in the Ogden area. God Uncomplicated is partnering with Weber State University's InterVarsity Christian Fellowship to host Ignite the Heart Back to School Rally. I'll have an opportunity to be speaking that night. The event is free, open to all college-age students. Go to www.goduncomplicated.com to get for more information and to register. Two weeks ago, I talked a bit about the historical attempts of the Christian church to engineer social salvation and or to fight against the swell of discouraging public policy. It seems more and more Christians are known more for their politics than sometimes even their faith and love. Tonight, I want to talk about something related to this growing epidemic within the body, and that is the rights. The rights we as Christians are claiming we have as visitors, aliens even, in this fallen world. Every day without fail, our ministry receives an email from some well-meaning believer complaining about our loss of rights as believers. They complain about the Ten Commandments being taken down from municipal and federal buildings or the fact that creationism is being replaced with Darwinism in the libraries and labs of our public schools. It is very discouraging. Turn almost to any uh, Christian radio station in America today and you're sure to hear someone frothing on about our standing up for our rights. Our right to wear crosses, our rights in public prayer, our rights to protest at family planning clinics, our rights to free speech on public grounds. I have no problem abs uh, at all with fighting uh, for public policy. But I do think we have a problem when these fights are associated with the faith that we hold deal, that we go out as Christians. This is what Christians do. Christians today are involved in everything from protecting our sacred borders uh, to making sure we get representatives in office who will protect our rights, our Christian rights. What does the Bible say as believers our rights are? They're not many because our rights are in heaven. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 6:22, blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. How are Christians supposed to take abuse that is heaped upon them? Are we supposed to fight it or are we supposed to bear it? What did Jesus say that we should do if we are sued? What do we do if our employers are unfair to us? What do we even do if we are struck in the face? Somehow we have come to believe that we have a right to be offended by aberrant special interest groups who are really getting political, and we have come to believe that it's the Christian duty to fight against them. But what, it, what is said of our master? Quote, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's a sad day when the world identifies believers and followers of Jesus who did nothing politically, said nothing about fighting against the world by anything other than our faith and love. It's a sad day indeed, and I am at a loss finding anything in the New Testament that tells believers to go out and fight against the things and or people of this world. How could it? We're not of this world, right? Listen to John the Beloved, friends. What does he say? Just take this and read it. 1 John 2.15, it says, Love not the world, 
neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Ever. We know that to do the will of God, we're to believe on him who is sent, and we're to love our neighbors as ourselves and love uh, our uh, God. Then he says in chapter 5 at verse 4, So whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this, listen, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, let's work on getting people to want to know who Jesus is and as the solution to these social ills, not trying to, uh, not getting sucked into the sidetracking vortex of these empty causes, my friends. Instead, let's brace people with love and uh, share Jesus as the personal solution, no matter who they are, no matter what they continue to be, refusing to take up fleshly arms against them because that will never, ever work. And with that, let's have a prayer. Our Lord God in heaven, we love you and we praise you and we need you. And we seek your spirit here uh, in the studio today with our audience, with me as the host, with our camera operators, our volunteers who work so hard for the ministry, and for everybody who's involved. We pray for the audience who is out there in TV land, um, who's on YouTube and wherever they may be, that these messages will go forth uh, and reveal who you are, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have been going through topics alphabetically this year as they relate not just to Mormonism, but to Mormonism and the Bible. For example, we took the topic of baptism and we said this is what the LDS say at baptism is. And then we go to the Bible and we open it up and say this is what the Bible says. Well, tonight is show 31 and in light of this aim, our topic tonight may surprise you. It is Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith, you may ask, how would the person of Joseph Smith born in 1806, have anything to do with what is written in the Bible? Well, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, you know that he doesn't. But if you're a Latter-day Saint, the man Joseph Smith, it is believed, was prophesied all through the Bible, both his individual person and the things he introduced to the world. Does the Bible speak of Joseph Smith at all? Does it really foretell the work that he introduced? Is it true that Mormons actually believe that the name Joseph Smith Jr. was referenced in the Old Testament? I think I can safely say that the following information will be absolutely shocking to most Bible-believing Christians, hopefully to some LDS too, because as long as I have been involved in this, it was shocking to me to prepare it. Now, it is not by coincidence that almost all religious reformers that start out Christian and then go astray have sought to add their name to what Jesus did for them. Reverend Sun Young Moon did it, David Koresh did it, Jim Jones did it, Marshall Applewhite did it, and so have hundreds and hundreds of others. For an interesting read about these types of people throughout history, check out the book, God's Lunatics. I can't remember the author's name, but it gives you these ins insights into hundreds of men and women who have started off as believing Christians and then they, they go sideways and then they start, by the end, they're calling themselves Jesus Christ themselves. Well, Mr. Joseph Smith was not one whit different when it comes to these religious charlatans. 
And as a result of his claims, Mormon men and women have picked up the torch that Smith himself lit and marched through the streets crying that people must receive him and his work in order to be saved. As with most intelligent counterfeits, Joseph Smith did not remove Jesus altogether from the picture. He just placed himself at the same table with the Lord. In one of the standard works of scripture used by Mormons today, it's called the Doctrine and Covenants. It reads in section 135, verse 3, Joseph Smith, the prophet and seer of the Lord, has done more, save Jesus only, for the salvation of men in this world than any other man that ever lived in it. According to LDS scripture, Joseph Smith has done more for the salvation of men in this world than Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Peter, Paul, John the Beloved, Ignatius, Polycarp, Tertullian, Luther, Edwards, Knox, Tyndale, Wesley, Wycliffe, Zwingli, Billy Sunday, and Billy Graham. Joseph Smith done more. Save Jesus Christ, the man who stared in hats at peep stones and pretended to see buried treasure underground and locate it, done more. The man who took teens to be his secret wives and hid them from Emma, his wife, done more. The man who said, and I quote, that God is my right hand man has really done more than any other man save Jesus. Really? Amazingly enough, over the years, well-respected LDS leaders have taken this position and elevated Smith to an even higher spiritual status by making some extremely bold comparatives between his life and mission and the life and mission of Jesus Christ. It's no wonder that people believe that Mormons worship Joseph Smith. I am not making up what I am about to read. These are genuinely authentic quotes about the man Joseph Smith by respected Mormon leaders, most of them prophets or apostles. Listen closely to how they liken him and his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Apostle Hugh B. Brown wrote in, wrote in The Abundant Life, page 138. Joseph Smith was less than 15 when he had his first vision, 24 when he translated the Book of Mormon, 25 when the church was organized and he died a young man, yet he left an imprint upon this world second only to that of Christ the Lord. President Brigham Young, and you're going to see these quotes start to escalate and, and bring him higher and higher into this place of elevation of a man. Brigham Young, he was prone to say all sorts of stuff, and we've got a number of quotes here. And he was really prone to make Joseph Smith's approval necessary for salvation. Listen to what he said here. If we can pass the sentinel Joseph the prophet, we shall go into the celestial kingdom and not a man can injure us. If he says, God bless you, come along here. If we will live so that Joseph will justify us and say, here I am, brethren, we shall pass every sentinel and there will be no danger but that we will pass into the celestial kingdom. Adding more fuel to this position, Brigham Young said, as recorded in March 29, Journal of Discourses, I know that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God, that this is the gospel of salvation. And if you do not believe it, you will be damned every one of you. Brigham Young in October 1859, Journal of Discourses, no man or woman in this dispensation will ever enter into the celestial kingdom of God without the consent of Joseph Smith. From the day that the priesthood was taken from the earth to the winding up of the scene of all things, every man and woman must have the certificate of Joseph Smith, Jr. as a passport to their entrance into the mansion where God and Christ are. 
I with you and you with me. I cannot go there without his consent. He holds the keys of that kingdom for the rest of the dispensation. The keys to rule in the spirit world, it says. And he rules there triumphantly, for he gained full power and a glorious victory over the power of Satan while he was yet in the flesh and was a martyr to his religion and to the name of Christ, which gives him a most perfect victory in the spirit world. He reigns there as supreme as being in the sphere, capacity, and calling as God does in heaven. Many will exclaim, oh, that is very disagreeable. It is preposterous. We cannot bear the thought, but it is true. Brigham Young again, Journal of Discourses 14.203 says, well, now examine the character of the Savior and examine the characters of those who have written the Old and New Testaments and then compare them with the character of Joseph Smith, the founder of this work, the man whom God called and whom he gave the keys to the priesthood and through whom he has established his church and kingdom for the last time. And you will find that his character stands as fair as any man's mentioned in the Bible. We can find no person who presents a better character to the world when the facts are known than Joseph Smith Jr., the prophet, and his brother Hiram Smith, who was murdered with him. Discourses of Brigham Young, finally, he says, uh, Whoso confesses that Joseph Smith was sin of God to reveal the holy gospel to the children of men and lay the foundation for the gathering of Israel and building up of the kingdom of God on the earth, that spirit is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that God has sent Joseph Smith and revealed the everlasting gospel to and through him is of Antichrist, no matter whether it is found in a pulpit or a throne. That last part is saying, if a pastor says Joseph Smith is not what he claims to be, Brigham Young says that pastor is of Antichrist. It's built in right there to their beliefs. They say they're Christian. It is total whitewash. Finally, in the essential Brigham Young, how are you going to get your resurrection? You will get it by the president of the resurrection pertaining to this generation, and that is Joseph Smith, Jr., Hear it, hear it all ye ends of the earth. If ever you enter into the kingdom of God, it is because Joseph Smith let you go there. This will apply to Jews and Gentiles, to the bond, to the free, to friends and foes. No man or woman in this generation will get a resurrection and be crowned without Joseph Smith saying so. The man who was martyred in Carthage jail in the state of Illinois holds the keys to life and death to this generation. He is the president of the resurrection in this dispensation and he will be the first to rise from the dead. Unreal, huh? Just as Jesus, after his death, went to the spirit prison to take the Old Testament faithful to God, listen to what LDS President Wilford, Wilford Woodruff said, in, uh, as reported in the Discourses of Wilford Woodruff. Ready? When Joseph Smith's body was laid in the grave, his spirit, like unto the Son of God, went to the spirit world with the keys of this dispensation to unlock prison doors. There were 50,000 millions of spirits that never saw the face of a prophet or heard a gospel sermon in their lives until Joseph Smith preached unto them the message of salvation. Joseph Smith uh, taught in, uh, Joseph F. Smith taught in gospel doctrine, the day will come and is not far distant either when the name of the prophet Joseph Smith will be coupled with the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the Son of God as his representative, as agent whom he chose, ordained, and set apart to lay anew the foundations of the church of God in the world, which is indeed the church of Jesus Christ, possessing all the powers of the gospel, all the rights and privileges, the authority of the holy priesthood, and every principle necessary to fit and qualify both the living and the dead to inherit eternal life and to attain to exaltation in the kingdom of God. 
More recently, Spencer W. Kimball, who was the prophet when I was a teenager, this is what he said, comparing Je uh, Joseph to Jesus in a way. And his hour had come to seal and his hour had come to seal with his blood his testimony, so often borne to multitudes of friends and foes. His Judas came from his own circle. Governor Ford was his Pontius Pilate. Nauvoo was his Gethsemane. And Carthage his Calvary. There were also modern Pharisees to goad the mobs. Another martyr testified. These quotes begin to take on a stronger place in the salvation of men now as I continue to read. Uh, and the deification even of Smith. Listen. Mormon prophet David O. McKay, when I was a child, he was in office. The December 2003 Ensign Magazine states him saying, the principles of the restored gospel as revealed to the prophet Joseph Smith are the surest, safest guide to mortal man. Not Jesus, not what Jesus taught in the Bible, the things Joseph Smith taught. Good old Bruce R. McConkie, uh, apostle when I was a kid. If it had not been for Joseph Smith and the restoration, there would be no salvation. A prophet, uh, Heber J. Grant, writes, You call us fools, but the day will be, gentlemen and ladies, whether you belong to the church or not, when you will prize Brother Joseph as the prophet of the living God and look upon him as a god, and also upon Brigham Young, our governor in the territory of Deseret. And will there be any limits to which they will not go? Tell me who Gordon B. Hinckley was speaking of in, De in December 2003, Christmas time. I've talked about this before. Listen to what he said. We stand in reverence before him. He is the great prophet of this dispensation. He stands as the head of this great and mighty work which is spreading across the earth. He is our prophet, our revelator, our seer, our friend. Let us not forget him. Let not his memory be forgotten in the celebration of Christmas. God be thanked for the prophet Joseph. It's unbelievable. They sing praise to the man who communed with Jehovah. They sing mingling with gods. He now plans for uh, his brethren. And, and then they go off and Glenn Beck on television tells people that we're Christian and that we, we uh, are just like everybody else except we really focus on good works. Listen to what they say about this man who founded their church. All of this should really be of no surprise when we read what is available, what Joseph Smith has assigned to himself. All of these words and phrases come. I have them all documented. We don't have the space and time to do it. All of these words and phrases are assigned to Joseph Smith as a man in Mormon doctrine, in uh, uh, Journal of Discourses, in uh, Doctrines of Salvation, and in Scripture. You ready? He's a prophet, priest, a medium. He's chosen, foreordained from the foundation of the world, a martyr, choice seer. He was a military general, a mayor, God to all, meek and lowly, related, literally same related to Jesus, voice of one crying in the wilderness. So now they're applying John the Baptist to him. Controls the minds of believers, continues to lead from heaven, says Ezra Taft Benson. Knows more than the entire world put together offered a complete sacrifice, shed his blood for the truth, <sighs> holds endless priesthood. He's a teacher. His name will never perish. His intelligence is a superior. He's done more than any other man. He was as great as Adam and Abraham. His work is eternal. 
He's a rough stone rolling. He is a noble and great spirit like Jeremiah. Joseph and God are partners. He bears infirmities of others. He brings purpose to life. He keeps the church together. He was humble as a child. Heavens rested while Joseph was left to mature. He was athletic. He was a genius with no education. He was a mason. Joseph's consent, need, you need it to enter heaven. People studied at the feet of Joseph. Joseph holds the keys to Christ's return. He was a suffering martyr, a lamb to the slaughter. Joseph had more followers than Jesus did. That's in the Journal of Discourses. He was a man of sorrows. He had to go away, but he will return. Smith carries your sins. He holds the power of Jesus. Salvation is available because of Smith. Reverence for the name of Smith. Smith assures assurance of salvation. Confessing spirit of Smith is of God, greater than the prophet Isaiah. He is the root of Jesse, visited by Jesus, Moses, Elijah, Elias, and others. Jesus and Joseph's visage, their face, were marred through their sacrifices. He defies uh, the world to refute him. Joseph enlarged the conception of covenants. Joseph holds authority to speak for God. He helps save the world. Joseph is heaven's gatekeeper. Joseph is the greatest fulfillment of the church. Joseph never lied. Joseph is all he claimed to be. Joseph is Jehovah's epic. Don't know what that means. Uh, thousands thank God for Joseph. Loyalty to Joseph brings rewards. Joseph's name is known for good and evil. That's obvious. Joseph's uh, uh, close to omniscient. Then we have to look at what Joseph Smith did. I don't have time to go into this, but just let me tell you. In the Book of Mormon, which is supposed to be an ancient record that started, that was begun to be written about 600 BC, Joseph Smith has in that record, his own name included. They include that Joseph Smith is going to come forth. That's bad. But then, in this is a, uh, a photostatic copy of the book of Genesis, chapter 50. And then we have the end of verse 24 right here. I don't know, can we see that all? Is it too white? We have the end of chapter 24, uh, verse 24 right here. And all of this is Joseph's inspired translation of Genesis chapter 50. Do you know what all of this says? It, it, it includes his name. And he says he's going to come forth as a great seer for God in the last days and that he has a father whose name is Joseph too. He wrote himself into the Bible. He has the audacity to write his name into the Genesis text. And these people follow him. Finally, they claim he is necessary to be saved, to live with God, that he has done more than any other man on earth. They liken him to Jesus and the works that Jesus did throughout the history of the church. Tell me as we conclude with statements from Joseph Smith's own mouth about himself. Does this sound like a worshiper of Jesus or a worshiper of Joseph Smith? He said, I calculate to be one of the instruments of setting up the kingdom of Daniel by the word of the Lord, and I intend to lay a foundation that will revolutionize the whole world, end quote. He said, quote, I could explain a hundredfold more than I have about the glories of the kingdoms manifested to me in vision, were I permitted, and were the people prepared to receive them. He says, quote, I see no faults in the church, and therefore let me be resurrected with the saints. Whether I ascend to heaven or descend to hell, or go to any other place. 
And if we go to hell, we will turn the devils out of doors and make a heaven of it. Does that sound like a, a, a humble, meek, lowly servant like Christ? Or does it sound like someone who worships himself? Listen to three more. He says, quote, in your hands or that of another person, so much power would no doubt be dangerous. I am the only man in the world whom it would be safe to trust with it. Remember, I am a prophet, end quote. He, sa he said, I combat, quote, I combat the errors of the ages. I meet the violence of mobs. I cope with illegal proceedings from executive authority. I cut the Gordian knot of powers and I solve ma mathematical problems of universities with truth, diamond truth, and God is my right hand man. He says, quote, when did I ever teach anything wrong from this stand? When was I ever confounded? I want to triumph in Israel before I depart, hence I am no more seen. I never told you I was perfect, but there is no error in the revelations which I have taught. Again, quote, God made Aaron to be a mouthpiece for the children of Israel, and he will make me to be God to you in his stead and the elders to be mouth for me. And if you don't like it, you can or you must lump it. And finally, the most famous quote of Joseph Smith all time. Here we go. He ends, I end with, come on, you prosecutors, you false swearers, all hell boil over, you burning mountains, roll down your lava, for I will come out on top at last. I have more to boast of than any man ever had. I am the only man that has ever been able to keep a whole church together since the days of Adam. A large majority of the whole have stood by me. Neither Paul, John, Peter, nor Jesus ever did it. I boast that no man ever did such a work as I. The followers of Jesus ran away from him, but the Latter-day Saints never ran away from me yet. When they get rid of me, the devil will also go. That's in Church History, Volume 6, page 408. You have just listened to 30 full minutes of how the Smith myth was created. Run for the hills at the sound of this claptrap and turn to the living God for your solace and your eternal security and your salvation. Let's open up the phone lines, 801-973-TV20, 801-973-8820. First time callers, please, LDS callers, if at all possible, please turn down your television sets. Uh, my friends, they, they, they honor this man like no other. There is a billboard that sometimes pops up along the I-15 in the state, and it says, praise to the man, and it shows Joseph Smith. I don't know a Christian on earth who would ever say praise to the man. This is a man-centered country club religion of legalism and of a false gospel. And he is the founder of it, the man who said that stuff. Uh, look, you want to go to your grave believing in him? That's your right. God gives you that right. But I'm just here to tell you the facts, all that stuff, facts from church history about this founder of your church. And from that seed grows the tree, and from the tree grows the fruit, and from that fruit grows more seeds, and it just keeps going. I hope that the LDS will turn from him as soon as possible. Listen, on the screen, we're going to put some contact information about our ministry program. Uh, tell our graphic uh, people, I didn't give them notice on this, if we can put up our phone number, our address, and our email. 
If you, uh, we greatly appreciate those of you who have helped us financially. We know that times are difficult and we only want people who have, are able to support their local church. And if the Lord so inclines them to help us, that would be great. www.hotm.tv. If you want to know more, have more information about how to do that. We have a phone number up on the screen that you can call. We have also, what else have we put up there, Derek? We have uh, an, uh, my email. We have a physical address. Uh, there it is, 4760 Highland Drive. And then we have a lot of LDS callers on the line right now, and we're going to go through them. Richard and Sandy, Paul in Salt Lake City, Lawrence in Salt Lake City, and Shelly in Boise, Idaho. Let's start with Richard. Richard, you're on Heart of the Matter. Yeah, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Okay. Why, why are you talking different to what you're talking here? I'm not. Uh, you you're have not. your TV up. You've got to turn your TV down, Richard. Okay. Got it off. All right. You're on the air. Okay. What's your comment or question, Richard? Well, I don't uh, necessarily. I, I just don't quite understand. Do you ever listen to yourself or review your programs and that? No. It's horrible. I try not to. <laughs> you ought to try it sometime in that there, and maybe you'd get the uh, belief that I've gotten out there. What would that be, Richard? And then last week, I think it was, I, I, for some reason or other, I've been watching you for, well, we, we moved out here about two years ago. Yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh-huh. And I joined the church back there. I've been in the church for about 51 years. Yeah. And uh, like I say, I was 30 years old when I joined. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, so what's your point tonight? Well, my point is that, uh, uh, in other words, we can gain our testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ just as well as you can in that there. And then with your attitude and things in that there, I don't know how you can follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, and because what, what is it about my attitude that bugs you the most, Richard? Well, in other words, last, uh, last week in that there, uh, you uh, compared yourself with uh, Jesus and uh, the, uh, well, what do you call it when you uh, judge somebody? Yeah. Okay. I don't think, you know, the, if I ever make a comparison between Jesus and I, the comparison will be that he is God, sinless, beautiful, perfect, my Savior, and I am a wretch. That would be the comparison, Richard. So I don't know what you're talking about there. Okay. Well, like I say, listen to yourself sometimes. Well, maybe you ought to listen a little closer sometime. I, I've been listening for quite some time. Richard? Here, uh, I'm I, curious I, about I something. A year or so ago on that, they had uh, uh, down at the uh, Calvary uh, Campus? church or temple down on uh, 4500, isn't it, uh, south? Yeah. Okay, the uh, couple that uh, she was converted, uh, I guess, over in... Where was it? Anyways, uh, she was uh, called on a mission to uh, be an interpreter in the temple. Yeah. And so her Richard, and her husband uh, were together, what? I guess, for about 26 years in the church. And, yeah. Richard? Yeah? Let me ask you, you say you've been watching for two years. Now, how in the heck have you watched this program for two years? No, I haven't watched it for two years, but probably coming close to a year now. How have you watched this program? How do you listen to Joseph Smith say he has more to boast of than any man? And then you call, and you still believe in that guy, 
and, and you want to follow the teachings that he brought. How do you do that, Richard? Okay, I don't believe that uh, probably the, the biggest uh, non-belief I have in that there is in plural marriage. Well, okay, so let's take plural marriage. How can you believe that Joseph Smith, who had 33 wives, all of them secret from Emma, uh, how many? Nine younger than 18, one 14. How can you uh, believe in a man who says he restored a church that Jesus said he would bring and that the gates of hell would not prevail against it? How do you I, follow I just, this? I, yeah, I believed in him before he started to transgress. Oh, so what about the polygamy? Well, what about it? In other words, he made a mistake, a well, big turn, mistake. Then, then, then turn to Doctrine and Covenants 132, which is still part of your scripture, Richard, that you carry with you in your hand and go to church with, and that's I, still... I just read that there uh, last night, I guess it was, and uh, such, and if you read it in that there, well, uh, it talks about wife and husband, but it does say husbands and wives but it don't uh, put it to the point where, uh, you know, that uh, they are to be other than uh, just a husband and a wife. Okay. Richard, you're, uh, it's known. The Doctrine and Covenants 132, it's known, Richard. You're trying to say that you've read it and it doesn't mean what it says. It's known that that was the revelation given for polygamy, okay? Richard, how That's are you saved? It says, yeah. How are you saved, Richard? How was I what? How are you saved? How am I saved? Yeah. In the belief of Jesus Christ. Okay, is that enough? Well, it's enough for you the way you talk. It is enough for me the way I talk. Is it yeah. enough for you the way you talk? In other words, I can't believe in Jesus Christ like you do? I'm just asking you, Richard, how are you saved? I can tell you how I'm saved. I'm not saved by anything I do. I'm saved by my faith through grace. I'm saved by grace through faith. How okay. are you saved, Richard? So doesn't that apply with me, too? I'm asking you, does it? Yes. Okay, so tell me, why do you have to go to the temple? Why do I have to go to the temple? Yeah. Because that was the revelation coming in the latter days and that there through the prophet Joseph Smith. Okay, and so you go there, don't you have to go through there to live with God again, as you would put it? Uh, no. Uh, no. In, no? in other words, the... There's going to be very few that uh, get to go back to the Father. Oh, that's unusual. Very unusual. You just write your own scripture there. You and Joseph have a lot in common. Hey, just in kind you know, of I got to tell you, my friend. You're going to you, get there. You, what it is, Richard, listen, I'm saying this in love. I know you might not like me as a person. But oh, Richard, well, I, you are I never, Richard, like, as far as that goes, Richard, I, I don't have that kind of an attitude. In that your attitude's irrele or, or irrelevant, you, okay? You, your attitude you is nicer than mine. Praise God, but attitude doesn't save you, okay? Huh? Attitude will not save you, Richard. You, yeah, but you the, are studying, studying and the teachings of Jesus Christ will. It, it certainly will, but I'm sorry, but you haven't been doing that. Because you also believe that you have to do a number of things, not just what I mentioned. We're talking a truckload of things in order, Richard, for you to go and live with God after this life. It's not just believing in Jesus. That's a lie. Or you just don't know the facts. Either way, you're wrong. Which God are you going to go be with when you die? Which God? Yeah, which one? Is there more the than one? The Father or the Son? Is there more than one? Well, yeah, you got Jesus Christ and you got Heavenly Father, His Father. They're one. Huh? They're one. 
They're one in mind, purpose, and deed, just like the Holy Ghost in there, too. What do you read in mind, purpose, and deeds? What? Where does that come from, mind, purpose, and deeds? Well, uh, that there is why they're one. Where do you get that from? They're the same in all that they do in saying that. Okay, Richard, look it. I just want to tell you. Do me a favor, okay? Just do me a favor. Okay. Go to the, go keep going to the LDS church, keep going doing your temple work, paying your 10%, obeying the Sabbath day, all the, th- your home teaching, new and everlasting covenant, temple work, you keep doing all that stuff, but just do me one favor. Go to God and honestly say, do I need to see something I've been missing? Is that idiot on TV right at all? Will you show me, please? I don't want to believe him. You show me, open my eyes if there's something I'm missing. That's all I want to ask. You okay. do that, I'll do it what you You're want me to do. You're missing the point that, uh, that Heavenly Father is a spirit. What's that, Richard? I say you're missing the point that Heavenly Father is a spirit. Uh, Heavenly Father is a spirit. When, he does not Jesus have a body Christ of flesh and bone. you that he isn't. What? What? Jesus Christ told you he isn't. Where, where do you get the point where he's just a spirit? From Jesus. From Jesus? Yeah, in the Bible. Okay, and that comes that comes back to Genesis, right? God, no, it comes to the New Testament where Jesus said, God is a spirit and you must worship him in spirit and in truth. Do you, okay, do you remember that so one? we're all spirit, though. But he also said, when you see me, you've seen the Father. He also said, you've seen me, and a, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. Yeah. But and then you turn that right around and that turn when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so, so what do you that's, that's exactly what right. what was he saying? He was saying, I am God. I am God. Who's God? Jesus. He you've is seen me, God. you've seen the Father, Philip. Philip said, He's Jesus, show us the Father. God. This is the context. And Jesus huh? No, wait, don't cut me off. And Jesus no, I'm not cut Don't you cut off. me off. Huh? Don't talk. Jesus said, Philip, how long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Doesn't that sound like he's seen God? Well, it isn't saying you've seen me. Richard, words, he's saying, I, I'm, I'm sorry you've because... Me, you've seen the Father, and that's the same thing about the Holy Ghost in that there. Rich, in other words, the Holy Ghost is a spirit. Richard, you're yeah. deluded. I'm you're deluded, absolutely huh? deluded. No, and, and also last week in that there, you told... That there Why is, you left the church and that there. That there the you are deluded. You couldn't do things your way. Richard, I love you. And I want you to know that you are, you are serving at the altar of a false god that was made up by a charlatan and by a man who lifted himself up and said he's done more than Jesus Christ. He didn't say he's done more. He done it as, as much as. But like, Whoa! That's all we say. Oh, that makes you feel better? I can't take this conversation anymore. I'm sorry. If you want to really talk, let me know. But take my challenge, Richard. We've got three other LDS callers waiting. I'm going to them. Bye-bye. We're going to Paul, uh, Salt Lake City. First-time caller. Paul, you're on Heart of the Matter. Uh, Yeah, hi, Sean. Hi, Paul. Um, My question is, uh, the the scriptures refer, and the first scripture that you showed in the book of Acts, refers to the Savior as the Son of Man. And also the Savior himself refers to himself as the Son of Man. Yeah. But we know him to be the Son of God. What's your take on that? He was all God and all man. 
he, he was all, he was completely God and he was completely man. So son of man was his his human state. The book of Luke's of Luke's the book of Luke primarily addresses his human nature and the book of John primarily uh, addresses his divine nature. That's how oh, he could associate with us. What's that? So he refers to himself as both. Yeah. The son of God and the, and also just a comment on uh, on Joseph Smith. Yeah. Um uh, the Savior himself referred to John the Baptist as the greatest prophet of all men more born among women. Uh-huh. You recall that? I do. And um, You notice John didn't say that about himself. No, he didn't. The Savior said it of John. Yeah, that's good. When God says things about us, we'll let him do it. But we usually don't apply it to ourselves, unlike Joseph. Amen. Amen. And I was, uh, I was reading in, in the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, uh, his take on that, and... Uh, Anyway, he, he explains why John was the greatest prophet of all. What is your take? Why would he have been the greatest prophet? Uh, I don't have a take on it. I don't really okay. know why he would be the greatest prophet. Maybe because he prepared the way for the coming of the Messiah? Maybe because of his ministry to baptize the Son of God? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's it, Sean. That's what he said. Oh. Who, who, else, who else on the planet had the opportunity to baptize the Savior who was sinless? Right. Uh, I thought that was a good point. But anyway, enjoy your show, Sean. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for your time. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to Lawrence. No, we are going to Ryan and then Lawrence. Ryan, Ryan, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I'm an LDS caller, and uh, I just wanted to call in because, like you, I have, I have observed that many uh, LDS people seem to worship Joseph Smith. Uh-huh. But I don't think it's a uh, hardcore doctrine, because like you, I grew up Mormon. I, I've gone to church, and I was always told to worship Christ and worship God. But I have noticed lately that, you know, from many, many people in the church, they seem to worship Smith in a way they shouldn't. Yeah. He was just a prophet. He wasn't, he wasn't God or anything like that. And it is the Church of Jesus Christ, yeah. not the Church of Joseph Smith. Yeah. So uh, you, I just wanted to you know, Ryan, acknowledge that. You bring up yes. a good point. You bring up a good point, and that is, from the pulpit, uh, when I, uh, I never heard from the pulpit as a Latter-day Saint 40 years anyone ever say, worship Joseph Smith. I agree with you. It, but you won't find things like that often within Mormonism. It is kind of tacitly inferred. When you have songs that sing praise to him, praise. Now, the book of uh, Psalms is praise. Praise, uh, praise the Lord is hallelujah in Hebrew. And so praising anything is praise is reserved for God. So when you have in the hymn book, praise to the man, and then you have his birthday is celebrated statewide in Utah, and then you have Hinckley on uh, Christmas. Now that, you know that's not true. His birthday is not celebrated in Utah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what, sure. What, what, what day? I live in Utah. What day, what day is his birthday? I don't even December know. December 23rd. And I believe that it's celebrate. They've had some major celebrations no, for his birthday. No, that's not. That is not. Am I wrong? Utah residents, you're, have they are, done celebrations? You are wrong, Sean. Uh, okay, I'm wrong. Christmas, I don't live here. Even, Christmas Eve and Christmas are celebrated. No, 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 no. Wait, uh, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. When I was talking about Christmas, what I was saying is when Gordon B. Hinckley gets up and he says that on this day, let us remember Joseph Smith. You know, on this Christmas time, a year, let's remember Joseph Smith. All that stuff builds into this idea that he is something above a mortal man. 
and it is it is sick. First date. I had no idea when Joseph Smith's birthday was. You're the first person to tell. I knew I knew he was born in 1805, but I had no idea he was born on December 23rd. 1806. So I don't think it's celebrated here. Let me correct myself. There was a celebration. I don't know what it was. It was for something of Joseph Smith. It was, it was his 100th birthday or his 150th birthday. It was something. I'll have to get. I'll prove it next week. We'll get on, that, I'll do that, research and we'll find it and then I'll show you. Okay? Okay. That, that may have been celebrated. But uh, just Big to time. kind of change tack on the Trinity, I hear you often talk about the Trinity. But you never acknowledge where the Trinity came from. It didn't come from the Bible. Came absolutely it came, from the it Bible. Came from, it, it came from the Roman Emperor Constantine at the Council of Nicaea in 300, like I think it was 325 AD. It did not. It did not come from the Bible. And there are several parts in the Bible that refer to Jesus as the Son of God. He is the Son uh, of God. The, you gotta watch our cross, show. You gotta Father, watch our show Father, on the Trinity. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Is he talking to himself? You, he, I mean, that makes no cry. sense. Listen, we covered all that when we talked about... I'm being patient with you, Ryan, but we covered all that when we talked about the Trinity. When you Mormons say, was Jesus talking to himself? Was he a ventriloquist when the Holy Spirit spoke? I mean, all these things you Mormons say, but let me tell you something. Constantine, he was fighting Arianism with his councils at Nicaea. And Constantine, Arianism, you know what it was? Arianism was what Mormonism believes today. I do do know what Arianism was. Right, and that's what Constantine was doing. And and what did they use as their text to decide on Trinitarian doctrine? They used the Bible. And from the Bible, they they composed... They also got rid of of several books of the Bible at that time. Oh, so now we're going to discount the Bible to prove your point, which is another LDS tax. Let's just stop because we got other LDS... Let's just stop. We got other LDS... But Ryan, you believe... Go ahead. That the Bible right. is not right. You no, believe that I God is I not one. I didn't. I didn't say that, Sean. I said uh, I'm talking actual history. I'm not talking. I'm talking actual history. history. Uh, Constantine. They wanted to uh, preserve the 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 true doctrine about, of, uh, of God, which is one. The Great so, Shema, Deuteronomy six five six four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I mean, what do you want? They were preserving the Mormon, that. Uh, okay, text. you know the Mormon Church teaches that as well, Sean. It's called the. They God do not. Head. Oh, come on! Don't tell. Oh, you, now, please you know, don't tell you, me the Mormon Sean, teaches that there is one God. Don't Sean, tell me that. Have a have a little intellectual honesty. You know that you know All right, about the you Godhead. T- you tell me on the air. You tell me on the air that the Mormon teaches there is one God and only one God. Go ahead. There, there is. There's one God. God the That's Father. That's what the Mormon churches teach. Christ and the Holy Did God Lord, have a father? Godhead. Did God have a father? No. Oh, have you read the King Follett Discourse? Okay, the King Follett Discourse has been misinterpreted by many people. Your prophets quote that God has a father. Can you become a God, Ryan? Brigham Young said Adam was God. I don't believe that either. Implicate yourself then. Go ahead and quote Brigham Young on that. Can you be a God, Ryan? No. Well, now you're now you're denying that. Uh, Hinkley, Hinkley, with the guy on on 60 Minutes, said yes. We do believe in that. What are you talking about, uh, Sean? There's one God, Alpha and Omega. Can you become a God, Ryan? I do not become a God. You are lying. If you're representing Mormonism, you are lying right now. No, no, I'm not. You are lying, Ryan. I'm sorry. Uh, Ask your other LDS callers. Hey, listen. (laughs) A researcher uh, just said. KSL can, says, we can wait. become like God as a spiritual being. Ryan, but we can't Ryan, you're God. done. KSL, uh, 
says in 2005, the LDS celebrated the 200th anniversary of Joseph Smith's birthday. I challenge anybody to go research what they did for that 200th anniversary of Joseph Smith's birthday in 2005, and you are going to see a despicable display of man worship. I yeah, was you, you right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have more to vote. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Let's go to uh, uh, Chris in Murray, Kentucky. Chris, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Um, I'm a first-time caller, and um, my dad is LDS, actually. Uh-huh. And uh, this past March, I actually went down to hang out with him, and also made it a point to correct him on his doctrine. Yeah? How'd that go? Uh, not quite as planned. <laughs> um, Are you out of the will? What? So what's your uh, comment or question, Chris? Um, I was actually wondering, two questions. Um, if you have a family member who is LDS, yeah. and you've like. And you probably have more experience at this than I do. Uh, what is your take on dealing with that? Um, he's very old in the church. About as yeah, he had he spent about as much time as you have. He wasn't born in, under the covenant, but yeah. he did experience a burning in the bosom. Chris, we got to yeah. cut to the chase here because we have a lot of callers waiting. So let me tell you. The best thing I've discovered, remember what I do is for a mass audience, when I am with individuals who I love, I am not like this on the stuff. I yeah, share what Jesus did for me, what Jesus means to me, and how I know I am saved by his shed blood and his shed blood alone. I promote Jesus and sin. Jesus, I don't promote sin, I promote Jesus, and I talk about how he's the solution to sin. Sometimes I'll promote sin, but usually, no, just kidding. Jesus as the solution to sin and the only solution. And I stay on that. And then I show them through my life and actions that I am a believer in Christ Jesus. And he has saved me. I love them more. I, and you just keep loving them. In, and anytime you can share Jesus, share Jesus. That's, that's it, Chris. Okay? Yeah. And, Thanks uh, for watching, man. Take care. We're going to Bradley. And uh, is he next? Who have I kept on hold? Uh, we'll go to Robert in West Valley City. Robert, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hello, Sean. Hi, Robert. Hi. I'm just calling to make a comment, and my comment is, I love your show. It's incredibly fantastic, and tonight was one of your better shows. Uh, the information you serve out to the people here in Salt Lake is, is fantastic. And uh, my actual comment is, I wish more LDS people could just see the truth and what you're trying to teach them. And, Thanks, uh, Robert. I join, I I join with you. Yeah, I pray for them also. And uh, I just wish people could see that truth and, and see that the evilness within Joseph Smith is, is so great that it's overwhelming. Yeah. And, praise God. Uh, I, I praise God for that, Robert, and he is behind everything, and I am just a talky donkey, as I've always said. I prove that week in and week out. 
but he's with us, and uh, I, I, my prayers are with, same as yours, Robert, that the LDS will open their eyes. Yes. God bless, my friend. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. We're going to Bradley in Salt Lake City. Bradley, you're on Heart of the Matter. Hi. Hi. You're on the air, my friend. Hi, buddy. Hey, you know what? Uh, uh, an incredible thing that you've been doing. I've been watching your show since uh, late 06. In fact, just recently I've been watching uh, your uh, old shows, which started in 06. Huh. And it's pretty amazing, the transformation from when you first started to now. Um, I, it, when I watch your show and you uh, deal with people like Richard and Ryan tonight, um, and you get pretty worked up about uh, what these people are, are having having to say or not saying. Yeah. And you know what? They're, they're not going to change. Yeah. I mean, they are uh, stuck in their ways, especially Richard. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm a born-again Christian, and uh, I came to Christ in 2001 in May. And I have had, before that prior, no religious... Uh, I'm 62 years old, and I had no uh, influence uh, one way or the, the other. Huh. And it just happened to me. It just happened to me. And uh, the Lord came to me. I heard the knocking, opened the door, and wow, huh. incredible. Praise God. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how all this happened, but uh, you know what? Uh, praise the Lord, and, uh, and God bless you for what thanks. you're doing. Bradley, um, thanks so it, much. Thanks for watching. And it's an incredible thing that you're doing. Uh, keep your cool, babe. I'm trying. <laughs> all right. I'm trying, honey. Thank you. I'll talk to you, Bradley. Thanks, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, listen, uh, let's see. We have two minutes left. I guess I, we have so many emails. We thank you for your emails. Uh, they come from all over the world. Amazing stories. Just amazing. This ministry has been blessed with fruit. It hasn't been blessed with talent, but it's been blessed with fruit. And so uh, we praise God for what he is doing. Remember, heart, uh, Burning Heart 2010, September 4th, uh, 5 to 9, uh, God Uncomplicated. Remember, you can go to www.goduncomplicated.com. Uh, Bible Study, calvarycampus.com every Sunday. KUTR, uh, AM 820, The Truth, a great station. I think it's the best Christian station in Utah because it's all teaching the word. It's talk uh, radio. Uh, and we thank you so much for your support, your prayers, your emails and information and sharing the show with others and your financial uh, help. We are very appreciative. Uh, I get absolutely no respect. We have an avid viewer and fan from... Uh, from Arizona. Her uh, name is Addie. And Addie, uh, she sent me from Arizona some beautiful pictures, which was very respectful. But her parents told me she insists on calling me Craney. I am Craney to her. So she writes to Craney. And uh, I, no respect at all in this work. Uh, none. Not even from little Addie out there. Uh, we only have 40 seconds. Ray, Ray, you got to make your point. You've got literally 30 seconds. Okay, um, uh, last week, or a couple weeks ago when I talked with you, you said you have a, a problem with any church uh, or anybody who puts himself between them and God. Yeah. You remember? Yes. I have two scriptures for you. Okay. Okay, this one here says, Whosoever, see, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins you, you retain, they are retained. 
and also the other scripture. We're out of time. The keys of the kingdom. Okay, ne- have a- next week, next week we'll cover that. I'll answer that next week. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter. Hey.